Hello, pro wrestling fans. It's me, Nick Hausman, and I am excited to announce my new brand, House of Wrestling. You go to houseofwrestling.com, that's H-A-U-S of wrestling.com, and find your new daily dose of news, editorials, interviews, and exclusives. And on top of that, I am proud to announce that I am launching the House of Wrestling flagship podcast, March 28th. It'll be on all podcast platforms, and it is going to debut live over on the Premier Streaming Network at noon Eastern. And it gets better. Not only are we going to start it off on March 28th, noon Eastern, Premier Streaming Network, it's going to be me and Paul Pratt, a.k.a. Pollo Delmar, talking all things WrestleMania 39 and Ring of Honor Supercard to get you ready for the big weekend that is to come. And I'm going to take this a step further. I'm going to, I'm going to make this even better. These Ginsu knives, they're, they're even sweeter than you think. They can cut through steel because I am not only going to be covering WrestleMania 39 and ROH Supercard over at HouseOfWrestling.com, I am going to be on the ground in Los Angeles. I will be there Wednesday through Sunday. I'm going to be covering all of the media events. I will be in the press scrums for Supercard and both nights of WrestleMania and all of my interviews with all these big-name talents, all of my live streams from these post-show press conferences, all of that content is going to be available over at the Premier Streaming Network. You can go find it over there, but every day over here on the House of Wrestling podcast feed, I'm going to be bringing you daily recaps of what it's been for like for me on the ground in Los Angeles while I spend my days covering these big events. Next week, you're going to get the Tuesday preview prediction show, but then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or actually I should say this. I got this wrong. I just put this deal together. Not Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of next week, you're going to get daily recap podcasts from me telling you what it was like to be on the ground, what insight I heard, all of that great inside information. And once we are done with all this WrestleMania coverage, we are just getting going, everybody, because the podcast is going to drop into your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. You're going to get that daily or that bi-weekly dose of House of Wrestling content. Me, all my friends, Paul, others, we're all going to be there. We'll have clips from the big interviews that we're going to be dropping over on HouseOfWrestling.com. And every Tuesday and Thursday at noon Eastern, you're going to be able to see the House of Wrestling flagship podcast live First run over at the Premier Streaming Network. We have a great partnership with them, and I am so excited to watch the House of Wrestling brand grow. But you know what? This, you know, everybody, they do this little, they're, they're these little teaser podcast things. You put them in the feed to establish the feed, and then you say, oh, check out the first episode on Tuesday, March 28th. I don't even want to wait. I want to hit the ground running. I want everybody to be buzzing about House of Wrestling from day one. So thank you so much. For listening to this this spiel that I have about what what is to come at House of Wrestling, it is a the website will be live on Friday of this week, and then we're going to roll into next week. And again, that first big debut House of Wrestling episode is going to be on March 28th. But I didn't want this just to be a teaser. I didn't want this just to be shilling. I don't want this just to be you know, hey, check it out, guys. We're gonna have so much fun. Go buy a T-shirt, which you can. House of Wrestling on Pro Wrestling Tees. I want to give you guys what you love. I want to give. You all, what you know Nick Hausman for, which is great content. And so here in this feed, this teaser right now, you didn't just find out all about House of Wrestling. Go check it out live. Go check out the website. We're going to have podcasts. We're going to have videos. We're going to have all this fun stuff. I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you great content. So right now, I'm going to debut an interview that, as you're hearing this, should be live over on the YouTube feed. And 
We should have some, some coverage up on the website as well. I'm hoping, knock on wood, if it's all panned out correctly. Right now, everybody, I'm going to kick it over to a conversation I had with somebody I think you know very well and somebody that I think you're probably pretty interested to hear from. Thank you so much for supporting me. I hope you support House of Wrestling. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is my chat with FTR's Dax Harwood. I'm supposed to be the one with the gimmick mustache, not you. You you think it's too? You think you wish I would have shaved? You think it's too much? The stash? I think it, I think the problem is it's beautiful. You know, like you you know, like beauty contests, and you know, you have all the competition. The girls hate each other. They're so catty because everybody's so beautiful. That's kind of like your mustache, dude. That kind yes. of yeah, it's 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 gimmick infringement. And you know, I think that my mustache and your mustache should have a swimsuit contest and then an evening gown oh, contest, right? Yeah. Okay. Really make a big deal about it. We could do, you know, I bet Cardono could put that on like uh, a pay-per-view and we would probably make a lot of money. Yep. Yep. I, uh, we should have a, uh, the contest too, where they do the, the speech thing where they pretend like they care about the world and stuff like that. We could do that as well. Uh, but our mustaches will do all the talking. See, here's the problem with that, Dax, is my mustache actually has controversial opinions that I don't agree with. You know, no. I will I'll be in my room and it'll say things. And I'm like, dude, where did you did you read that on Facebook? That's not true. Yeah. And it's the thing I have. I have the uh, about the 180 of that. My mustache has controversial takes as well, but I agree with all of them. But I still get in trouble for it. So it <laughs> you got a Jim Cornette mustache. I've got it. I, got it. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. dude. <laughs> you said that, not me. So don't put that in writing shit. Just That'll a tiny little. Eat. Just a tiny little tennis racket poking out of your mustache, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, this is really dumb. Hey, Dax, uh, I was thrilled when I found out I was going to get to chat with you. And uh, I definitely want to make sure to uh, get out of the way first, the the big news, which is you are going to, you know, it's not hard to make this big news. You're going to be in L.A., WrestleMania week. And not only that, it's no secret. It's not a secret that you're going to, nobody's going to be, putting photos up on twitter like hey look he's in la you everybody knows you're going to be there because you're going to be bringing your podcast ftr with dax uh to la on march 30th is that correct yeah uh it's my first time ever doing a live show and and dude initially i was very nervous uh matt coon my co-host who's incredible dude he's incredible um he pitched this idea to me and i said man i, I don't think so man i you know I, nobody wants to come and watch me um and also I, I don't want to be the sole focus of a live show and then you know he said well look i think it'll do do well for our podcast and help help us out then we can have fun and also a lot of your friends are going to be out there and you'll be able to hang out with your friends i said okay that's cool but if we do it i kind of want to do it uh the way i would like to and i'd like to have some of my friends there to alleviate some of the pressure to alleviate some of the stress and uh that's what they did and um, i'm lucky and fortunate that i have a lot of great friends in the wrestling business and they all uh share the same kind of mindset that i do and um the same kind of passion that i do as well not just for wrestling but for the fans um like uh, you know it's easy for someone in our position or higher position as well to to say oh i love my fans i love my fans but dude uh i i can't i cannot verbalize to you how much the i i've been a, a heel quote unquote, a bad guy, whatever, throughout sure. my whole career, right? Up until about a year ago. Uh, and I never, I, I think I was, I, I never thought about being a baby face because nothing on this screen right now you're looking at screams baby face. But uh, 
man, you know, seeing these people and how much they care about me makes me feel something. And I fucking love them, dude. And, and people like Wardlow, um, he actually cares about his fans too. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm just glad that my buddies are there with me. Well, Wardlow is an interesting guy. I got to work with him a little bit here at warrior wrestling in Chicago. And like, he didn't have the kind of long indie career. He had like a, a life worked at like a car. He was like a successful car salesman. Right. But also had kind of a rough background. You know, it's so great. I think the thing that I like most about what you're doing right now, Dax, is like you said, up until a year ago, you were a bad guy. You were a heel, right? Yeah, you got yeah. this rough, tough, gruff exterior. The fact that you've let your guard down to the degree that you have being open about uh, issues that you're passionate about that you you know not everyone's going to agree with you on, you know, uh, your openness about your mental health has been a, a breath of fresh air. It's just it's so great to see this generation of talent have guys like yourself and women around who are open about that because the tone for this generation of talent, it, it, it's much different. I feel like than the generations before. And it, and it heartens me that guys like you and other talent are, are going to be able to have longer, happier, better careers because of the tone that's being shaped right now. I don't know if that resonates with you. when I say yeah, something dude, like that, absolutely. First of all, I appreciate you saying that because that means more to me than any kind of wrestling match or anything like that. Uh, for me, uh, you know, like I said, we were talking about talking about me being a heel for so long and then turning babyface. I, th I think underneath it all, I was this bad guy, this heel, because I, honestly, outside of my wife and my daughter and a select few members of my family, I, I didn't think I honest to God thought that I was incapable of being loved because um, I can be abrasive and, and some people don't like that. But then the, the, the switch flipped and um, we became this baby faces. And I realized, man, these you know, like I said, like these people, they have love for me and it caught me off guard and it gets me emotional. Like we were at a 2300 arena for icons of wrestling this past Saturday and dude, our line, I'm not kidding. And I'm not saying this for egotistical purposes. I'm saying this right. because it blows my mind. Our line was through the whole building, out the door, around the building a couple of times. And I, I couldn't believe People took time out of their day, money out of their pockets to meet us and stand in line for it. Um, but, but yeah, and, and, you know, as far as the anxiety thing, I think up until that point, I was what you referred to b before this generation. I was the guy who wanted to look tough and I, I wanted to be perceived mm -hmm. as tough. Uh, but anxiety broke me dude I, I have never i've never faced anything as tough as anxiety and, and it happened it just happened that it started one night in june of 2021 and i was away from home and uh, i had no idea what was going on i was in my hotel room by myself no clue what was going on i was so vulnerable and so scared uh, I called my wife. This was at like five or four in the morning and she was already asleep, obviously. And yeah. so I couldn't get through to her and I'm just pacing around my room. I walk out of the hotel room. I walk around the hotel and I'm so scared because I don't know what's going on with me. Um, and at that moment, I remember thinking I, uh, what I would have, you know, three hours before what I would have considered someone to be a bitch. I was a little bitch, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and now looking back, it's like, no, that, that's not, that's not, that has nothing to do with you being uh, less than, you know, less than a man or even less than a woman or anything like that. Sure. Um, everyone has a point in their life where, where they can break. Uh, 
And I found that point and going through it. And I'm sorry, I'm getting very long winded here, but I'll That's take fine. all the time in the world you need. Uh, Go nothing for it. Else to do. Don't uh, worry about but, it. Uh, but um, at that moment, obviously in, in those next five or six, seven, eight months uh, dealing with anxiety, I, I wouldn't have thought this then, but I am so blessed and so happy that I went through that because my wife went through anxiety. And, you know, before you go through anxiety, you think, oh, you know, anxiety, being anxious is just like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent this month or, mm-hmm. uh, man, what, what, you know, uh, what should I do to, with, uh, to make my, my friends coming over from out of town? What do I got to do to, to take care of them or whatever? Like, yeah. that's what you think anxiety is until it actually happens to you. And my wife had gone through it a few times and, you know, I was the guy who would say, no, no, it's going to be fine. Everything's okay, babe. You have nothing to worry about. Those are not the things you want to hear when you're going through it. You want to hear, I'm here for you. I, I I know how you feel and you're, it's okay to be scared because so many other people are being scared. So I'm so glad that I went through it because one, uh, I got to, um, I, I got to feel for her, my perfect wife, who I love more than anything, anyone in this world. I got to feel for her on her level. Um, also I got to speak out and I didn't know, I had no idea how many people are, I was going to touch, but millions of people are going through it and all they want to hear is you're not alone. And so me saying that, uh, just helped them out and, and like at these meet and greets and stuff, I get that more than any, uh, your match was great or match of the year wrestler or whatever I get. You help me through anxiety and they hug me and they're crying. And that's, there's nothing more beautiful than that to me. Yeah, I, dude, I, 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 I hundred percent. I love everything you're saying, Dax. And I say, this is, you know, my wife and I, uh, we both talk to people. Right. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that, that also do. And, you know, it's kind of, it's still kind of a taboo subject. And when folks like you come out and you be so open and, and you show that it's fine and it's normal, I've been heartened by you, Eddie Kingston. I think Hangman Page has had some great comments as well. It's it's really making things better. And then when you feel like you're being heard and people are listening to you, you don't have to go get blackout drunk on whiskey and do a <laughs> bunch of meth and cocaine. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you want, if you've got, if you're clear of mind and you're happy, yeah. I'm right. not going to judge. But right. there there have been times where people they don't feel listened and heard, and 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 since they're not you know, feeling that love in that space, they go, they find other ways to treat it. And that's really, that, that's, that's the truth of the matter, you know? Absolutely. Dude, they go find it somewhere else and look, Hey, bro, I'm, I'm not the, the, the biggest angel in the world. I got my whole tequila shelf over there. Uh, and I won't start drinking until five 30 PM and I'll have two of them, but I do it every single day because it makes me feel good. So I'm not judging anybody else who does that, but just know and find solace in the fact that you're not alone and you do have a voice and uh, you know, everybody's going through what you're going through. All right. On that note, uh, you've teased us. You got these fun guests, surprise guests. You got a lot of friends in LA, right? And I don't, I know you're not going to say who they are, but we all know who Dax's friends are. We'll talk about them here in a bit. Um, But you're also going to do this tequila party um, afterwards for all the VIPs. And so if people like are want to do, a shot of tequila with you, they're going to have a chance to do that WrestleMania weekend, right? Absolutely. And, and that was another thing that when I talked to uh, all of our production staff and um, everything, I said, you know, if we're going to do this VIP thing, I don't want it to be 
a deal where I'm behind a table and everyone has to line up and we filter them in and say, Hey, nice to meet you. Get out. Hey, nice to meet you. Get out. I want it to be like friends at a bar. Um, and even if you don't drink, you know, that's perfectly okay. Um, but I, I want it to be a feeling of camaraderie and, and like I said, friends at a bar and we're sharing a social event and having fun. Um, and yeah, we can, we can, do shots and, or we can just have a couple of drinks or we can do none of that. And just talk wrestling. I will talk wrestling for you for to you for hours because that's something that I'm so, so passionate about to the point where I get in trouble for it. But um, yeah, dude, I, I just want it to be a fun time and I want everybody to have fun and I want it to be a completely different experience than any other live shows done. Wonder. Well, I, I'm anticipating being there. I love tequila. I don't want to come across as somebody who's anti-drinking or whatever because, you know, I like to drink as well. Um, it sounds like an absolute blast. And, and the thing about this is we're going to get you there. We're going to get some tequila in you. We're going to get you talking. And it's going to be uh, 36 hours, no less. It'll be uh, 28 hours until April 1st when uh, it will be April. And you've made it clear in the last uh, day or so. That um, FTR, you guys have made a decision uh, regarding what your future is going to be. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, before we go any further, I want to say, okay. Nick, please come. If you're going to be there in L.A., please come be my guest. I Let's already talked a- to Steve. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yes, 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 yes. It's <laughs> awesome. Good. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to see you then. Uh, but 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 the second thing is, is yeah, and I, I talked to Cash that day before I made that tweet, and I said, hey, uh, I was thinking about tweeting this out. Is that cool with you? And he said, yeah, that's that's totally okay with me. And so we tweeted it out, and there were a ton of people, a ton of ton of people with support and uh, words of encouragement and how they'll follow us wherever we go. And then there are a few other people who say, oh, this is a tired shtick. Why are you doing this? But here's the thing, man, is like, this is, this is real life to me, you know, like this is, this is my real life. And so on my social media, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, working 24 seven. I use my social media because I, I enjoy social media. Sometimes I don't enjoy the backlash, uh, that I get for or whatever, but uh, I enjoy the, the outreach that I have on social media. And so inviting my fans, the people who do care about me into my real personal life. So I can talk about Maria or I can talk about Finley or I can, I can talk about my, uh, you know, again, this sounds really bad. I don't mean for it to sound bad because, but I have a, uh, I have a passion for tequila. I love learning about it. I love, uh, uh, talk or uh, uh, researching different distilleries. Uh, I, I, I ab- absolutely love it. Um, but inviting them into my real life is, is something that I'm passionate about too for my, for my fans. And so it's not this like game I'm trying to play and I'm not trying to get a, a with the t- two companies or three companies or whatever, a game of one upsmanship either. Like I don't give a shit. I mean, I do give a shit about the money. I let me, let me rephrase that. Obviously I do give a shit about the money. Uh, but uh, above that, above my money is my happiness and my family's happiness. And that's what this all comes down to is what's going to make me happy, my family happy, cash happy, and what's going to build on our legacy. Um, and so it, it's, 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 it's real life to me, man. It's, it's, it's real. Well, we only have a finite amount of time here uh, between now and April. And first of all, just to clarify, is it April 1st? Or is it later in April that your contract comes up? It is not April 1st. No, it's April, my God, uh, 17th, maybe 13th. Shit, I can't remember. I have to talk to my gimmick attorney, Mike Dawkins. He knows it all. He's got it all in this big uh, folder deal. 
but that's when our contract is up. Actually, in just a few days, three years ago is when we finally got our release from WWE. Man, and to think about how things have changed since then, you know, uh, yeah. and, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I'll kind of bounce around here a little bit. Obviously, you guys are kind of debating or I guess you're not debating. You made a decision, but the, the territory has changed so much over at WWE, you know, Triple H, somebody you guys work very well with down at NXT. You guys are two time NXT tag champs. He took great care of you all with booking. He now has the book on the main roster, but there's also kind of that rumor that Vince is also kind of back and you guys obviously had, you know, you're shaving each other's backs there at the end of their <laughs> events. Um, you know, where, what do you think about what's going on at WWE right now? How do you feel about the, the creative vibe over there at the moment? Uh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the creative vibe backstage is. I will say they are producing some pretty, pretty great television. Um, at least obviously with the, the, uh, bloodline angle that everyone's talking about um and i see that hunter has put some stock back into some of the um undercard uh, or mid card excuse me uh, uh titles like the intercontinental title and the united states title um so that's all promising uh i will say god dang this is i'm already gonna get myself in trouble nick i will say i feel that wwe could still uh, put a little more stock in their tag team division. And that was our biggest gripe before we left um, is that we wanted the opportunity to, we wanted the opportunity to make more money in WWE, but we wanted the, the opportunity to prove that we could make more money. And to do that, we had to work uh, um, money making angles with tag teams and they weren't pushing the tag team division then. And so I feel now, and I, look, I don't watch the program, every week but the things i see i still think they could do a lot with the tag team division that they're not doing um so that's you know that's stuff i have to think about as well but then i also have to think in aew you know i feel that uh, and these are the things that get me in trouble with my podcast but fuck it who cares i guess um, sure. i feel that in aew listen we had a great ftr had a great 2022 I feel that there was a missed opportunity with our momentum. I feel that outside of the Briscoe's angle, we really had, I mean, even that wasn't on television, but outside of that, you know, we had no uh, distinct storylines for television and uh, you know, our, our opportunity to grow as characters uh, just maybe not wasn't it maybe wasn't there like I would have liked it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of factors I have to think about, like uh, who I don't want to go somewhere just to be there. I want to go somewhere that wants me in cash. And that's, I think, my biggest that was my biggest thought hurdle <laughs> deciding where we were going to go, who really wants us and who just wants us away from the competition. Sure. You know, and talking about your momentum in AW, um, I was I, I was shocked last year when you guys had virtually every world title that was not WWE's and the Bucks are sitting there with the AW tag titles. I was I was I was very, very surprised we didn't get the clash for all the gold. And I don't know why it I, I, I know. And you've talked about it and yeah. you've talked about it, Dax. So what? So when did this? I mean, you've talked about how you know there was some some 
issues with the Bucks. You butted heads, right? Everything you seem to to be working through to the best of your abilities, like the man you are. But what happened here, Dax? Like when? Why? Why couldn't? From your perspective, why couldn't that have happened? Or why couldn't the, the momentum have been sustained from your end? I, I don't know. I I don't know. That was that's one of the you know the things I was talking about. Our, our momentum. I I do think our momentum was sustained because the people have a feeling towards us. They actually care about us now. They don't care about uh, any of our fancy moves because God, we we have no fancy moves. But they don't care about our fancy moves or they don't care about our one liners. Shatter machine. Uh, don't undersell yourself here, real quick. Okay. You got at least you got at least one with a little spin in it. Okay. Right, anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they they care about they care about cash and myself as people, you know. And so I feel our momentum was sustained, but there's a difference between sustaining your momentum and riding it as high, as high as you possibly can and hitting that peak. And I feel like we didn't then. Uh, I thought, uh, I thought, cash thought as well that we were leading to the Young Bucks versus FTR three. Um, and the reason I thought that was because, uh, we were riding high as us outside of punk and maybe Mox uh, and maybe Brian, um, we were the top baby face act. And I say that with all humility, uh, we were the top baby face act outside of them. And at the time, the bucks were probably the top heel act. And we just so happened to be tag teams, you know? And so I thought that that's where we were going, going. And I feel that if we did that, we could have been the first ever tag team main event for an AEW pay-per-view. And I think we could have, could have had an all-timer. I mean, look, the two we had before, two of my favorite matches I've ever had in my entire career. And those guys are talented. But if we had the right story with the right build, the right anticipation, and then the right match, it would have been something that would have, like I said, been an all-timer people would talk about forever. Now, do you, uh, and, and this, this is going to sound like something that was like a Mad Lib piece together from, from uh, pro wrestling sites, but like, do you feel that your friendship with CM Punk at, may have affected the ability for you to do business for the EVPs? Because up until what we saw it all out, it it'd all be kind of like under the surface, but it would seem in retrospect that there was a divide probably for a significant amount of time between punk and those guys to, to build to something like that. At least that's how it would come across to me. Uh, I don't think, and I've said it before uh, there, there, there were no repercussions for us being friends with CM Punk. Um, not at, uh, you know, not from the boss and uh, that being Tony Khan, not yeah. from legal, that being mega. Um and I don't think from the EVPs, um, I, I don't think that they had any issue with us being friends with Punk because, uh, you know, I, I can't help who I love and I can't help who I like. And that's going to be my friend regardless uh, of what has happened. Um, I, I don't I, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I didn't know that there was this huge rift going into uh, into All Out. I had no idea. I think that was something that was kept underneath by maybe a few people, and that's why it bubbled over. Um, and then maybe, you know, uh, maybe it should have been talked about a little more. I, I don't know. But all I know is I've had no repercussions, no residual heat 
from anybody because of my friendship with Punk. Any of my heat or any of my repercussions are well earned. Trust me. It comes straight from me. And I, and, and I say that with a big smile on my face because I'm very proud of it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, man. What a wild night. What a wild night all out turned out to be there. Um, well, with you, what you're doing right now, uh, as the last the last time we saw you guys on TV, obviously it was the dynamite after revolution where you guys came back, returned to AEW TV. Uh, sounds like you got a couple weeks here. It, regardless of what you guys decide, are fans gonna get to see you in the guns for the AEW tag titles? How confident do you feel about that? Um I feel pretty confident about that. I th- I think so. I mean, uh, you know, I said it before. I, Cash and I had no idea we were going to be at the pay-per-view uh, until about four days, three or four days before the actual pay-per-view. Um, I'd said in a lot of my podcast that we did take off January and February. We, we asked for most of those weeks off because to let our bodies heal. Um, and also we kind of wanted to get our mind right and, and getting a, a good mental space for our future, but we contacted or we tried to contact Tony towards the end of February. We, we said, Hey, look, we haven't made a decision yet, but we at least want to come back and do the right thing for business. And we didn't really hear anything back up until a few days before that pay-per-view. And he said, Hey, would you guys still be interested in coming in? We said, absolutely. And I'm so glad we did because that response that we got at revolution is something I'll never, ever, ever forget in my whole entire life. Uh, those people, they missed us. And I'm glad that happened because I, I think that it showed, I think it showed Tony how uh, big of a piece of, big of a piece of the puzzle FTR is to AEW. And, um, you know, and I, I hope people understand that the fans uh, respect us and love us. And we, like I said before, respect and love them back. And um, I feel confident that you will at least see uh, FTR back for one more match. And it will probably be with the guns. Okay, yeah, because, you know, I look at where you're at right now, and it does seem kind of uh, shades of what happened with Cody and, and his return to WWE. You know, you, you leave the company. You want to show the world that you can stand on your own, reinvent yourself, prove you're a commodity, and maybe get to come back to the table uh, revived with a, a little bit more creative control. Has, has Revived. Seen- I know what you did. I see what yeah, you thank did you. There. Thank you. Um, <laughs> do you look at what Cody's done, and does that does that affect the way that you're thinking right now, when you see the way that WWE uh, has handled Cody's return, I guess. Um, if I told you no, then that'd be a complete lie, you know, because because uh, it was pretty out in the open what happened with with uh, AEW and Cody. So WWE could have snatched him up, you know, and really done whatever they wanted to because, um, you know, he. he he wouldn't be able to come back to AEW, but seeing that they took him seriously and they have allowed him to be a big star, definitely, um, definitely ha- uh, had me and cash analyzing it way more than we would have before. Um, they've done a great job with him and, you know, Cody has done a great job with himself too. He's been given the opportunities, but it's all about what you do with the opportunities. He could have been given that opportunity and just squandered it. But, uh, he believes in himself, man. And uh, I'm very, very close with Cody. We talk probably at the very least we talk once a week and wow. uh, I'm very proud of him. And uh, I'm sure he's proud of us as well. 
Um, but yes, it, it, it definitely made us reevaluate uh, the things we could possibly do in the future. Were you, I don't know if you saw this or not. I may be saying something that you didn't even see, but on Raw last night, Roman Reigns uh, made an AEW comment towards Cody where he said that uh, you left, started a promotion you couldn't even get over in. Um, are you surprised? <laughs> are you, are you surprised? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you think? I don't know if that, that, I don't know. I had no idea that was said, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> Isn't it good? <laughs> I yeah. kind of figured you had it. I thought that was good. Yeah, that that's 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 funny. That's also surprising that WWE goes that um, that uh, tongue in cheek. You know, like usually they don't allow they don't allow people to 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 say things like that. But that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, <laughs> you know, for the people who get it, they got it. The people who didn't get it, uh, they probably don't care anyway. It's a great line. It's a good line. Um, all right. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to, uh, I, okay, I got, I got one more thing and then I have a little, little game we'll do to close, but, uh, I was in, uh, I was in, where was it? Nashville was where the rumble was. Yeah. I was at the rumble. Oh, I guess I got two things. So we'll play the game. So I, I asked a couple, were you, what did you think of Seth Rollins calling punk a cancer? That was one thing that I, that went viral with me that weekend. How did, what do you think he's working? Not working. what do you think of Rollins calling punk a cancer? Um, I think everybody's working 24 <laughs> seven. So <laughs> that's. That's that's me. I right. think everyone. I mean, if, if if yeah, I think everybody's working. Okay, then on the then then maybe you'll give me the same answer here. And actually, I, I you maybe not because I think there's more to it than this one, and it's actually about you. So I I had the chance to ask uh, American Alpha uh, or Alpha Academy, not American Alpha, Chad Gable and Otis separately. They were mm. at different points on the on the red carpet at the Special Olympics event. Uh, how they would feel if FTR came back to WWE? Chad Gable was like, yeah, I love FTR. That would be awesome. Then I go over to Otis, and he's like, hmm, you know, <laughs> yeah, if there's I, business. yeah, I got a vibe off. I got a very different vibe. So what's the deal here? Why? Why? What was it like working with these guys in NXT? What's the backstory here? I'm kind of interested. Uh, well, I think Chad Gable understands that if we come over there, I think he gets that uh, the level – of uh, sportsmanship, the level of work is going to go through the roof. I think Otis probably understands the level of sportsmanship and level of uh, work is going to go through the roof, and he might not like that too much. Um, you know, I I think Gable is always up for the challenge. Uh, I think he thinks he is the best, and I think he wants to prove that he's the best. I myself, I can't speak for cash, but I myself also think I'm the best. And that's what made for great matches with him and Jason Jordan is that the two teams wanted to be the best. The two teams wanted to blow each other up. The two teams wanted to outwork each other. And we wanted our bosses to say, man, you were on tonight. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> we, we ended up having a great professional relationship but that turned into an even better personal relationship. And I think Chad Gable is the most underrated wrestler in the world right now. I don't know if anybody else comes, comes close to him. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we had the matches with those guys that you saw on TV and they were awesome, but the matches you didn't see on TV when we were going 30 minutes, 35, 45 minutes, um, and he never would blow up. And that's kind of me and Cash's MO uh, is to, to, to blow people up because we, we 
we get a kick out of it. We couldn't blow him up. Uh, he and same thing with Jordan. Um, Otis, I, you know, uh, I, I think we got along well in WWE. I, I don't think anything. I, I know that I and Cash were saddled with teaching him towards the end of our run there. Um, if you see some of the house shows and stuff like that, we were working with him and Tucker. Tucker was always great. A he's a great professional wrestler too. Mm-hmm. Um, the chips just didn't fall in his favor for whatever reason. Um, Otis on the other hand, still had a lot to learn and we were saddled with teaching him that. And uh, I think sometimes like, you know, always I can be a bit abrasive and, say hey you you know you might have dropped me on my head tonight you need to be careful or hey you gotta you gotta be up for this you know and i would try to teach him things but sometimes my way of teaching is the way i was taught you know from like my father who could be very abrasive and very he could be very mean and scary um so uh uh so maybe that's where otis you know or maybe he just doesn't give a fuck i don't know he maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't care if we come or not but um, and that's what she said, by the way. Uh, but you know, I, uh, I don't know. I love Gable. I would love, 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 love the opportunity to have one, at least one more match with him. Um, because he is so talented. Maybe he'll show up to my uh, live event. If he's not scared to get in trouble in LA. Maybe. Hey, what a great tease. And on that. Okay. little game here to go out. Uh, we've talked a lot about tag teams on this. I got a list of about 10 tag teams here. I just wanted to give me your one-word response uh, or thoughts on each of these tag teams. That's, is that okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just one word. Just one word. I'm going to say a tag team. It's going to be hard give me the you, word that, Whatever word comes to your mind when okay. I say the team, all right? All right, first one here. Uh, the Usos. Um, the best tag team not named FTR. Okay. That, that's a lot of hyphens, but we'll count it as a word. All right, next <laughs> yeah. one. Next one. The Street Profits. Um, potential. The Acclaimed. Ooh, uh, let's see. One word. Um, let's put next. They're, they're, uh, I don't want to say next like I'm skipping the question. Um, no, but let's do some more. They're next. They're next yes. in line for a big thing. Yes. Okay. They're the, the next big tag team. Okay. Awesome. What about the Young Bucks? innovators uh revolutionary uh, i've got a lot of a lot of uh uh maybe maybe they're the second best tag team not named ftr okay a lot of hyphens but we'll count it um the oc oh uh, better known as the word. good brothers for yes. everybody out there yes <laughs> the definition of good brothers <laughs> okay maximum male models hmm. oof iterations <laughs> 2.0 entertaining best friends um underrated and lastly the guns uh, <laughs> uh i'm gonna try to uh, god dang it spoils <laughs> <laughs> you know billy you i ba- say that with love billy i say that with love <laughs> you know when you're getting served steak in the form of ftr putting you over so early in your career 
I can see why you would say that, you know, that doesn't happen for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, listen, uh, we had a great relationship with those guys for a long, 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 long time. And look, our relationship's not shitty now. I don't think, but those guys, I, I honest to God, man, I think they think they're on the same playing field as myself and cash. And they've, they've been in the business for half a cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? And, and the reason they're at where they're at is because of their last names. And I don't think that they understand that yet, but they will. I think they'll, I think they'll understand it. And I do think that eventually they'll be the next great heel tag team. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, I wanted to just close by uh, saying, uh, I was uh, at Ring of Honor Final Battle. I saw the dog collar match with you and the Whoa. Briscoes. And uh, I didn't want to bring it up too early because I didn't know how the conversation would go. Um, could get emotional, could get exciting. I didn't know. Uh, but it was uh, on a personal note. Uh, there's certain matches you just, you know, I've seen thousands of live matches at this point. There's certain matches that you'll just never forget. And watching it, I really enjoyed it. I'm a sucker for a good dog collar match. I loved MJF Punk too. And like, you know, go back in the day. Um, but it was so well done. And I was doing podcast appearances the week after. And I was, it was the match I kept telling everybody I liked the most. And then when the news hit about Jay, it was just like, you know, I, I got hit. Cause I was like, fuck dude, you were there, you know, but you were there, there Dax. And, uh, Man, I just wanted to, I just wanted to send some love to you and just let you know how much and that match will stay with me. It was uh really, really great, really great work you guys did. Thank so. you, dude. Uh real quick and then I'll let you go. Um yep. so we had our like I said, we had our twenty uh three hundred arena meet and greet this past weekend, and the amount of people that um that came to us and talked to us about that match and how much it meant to them. Like, uh, yes, it was, it was gory. It did have a lot of blood, but there was a shit ton of backstory and there was a shit ton of, uh, uh, storytelling throughout the match. It was a story about overcoming. And it was a story about love, uh, love. It was, it was a love story between two individuals, two, excuse me, two sets of individuals and who loved who the most did the brothers love each other the most or did cash and I love each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was, it was, it was a, it was a, uh, <clears throat> it was a story of love of love clashing in the last the last moment which fuck it man mm -hmm. no you got the oh yeah that's right you got on the wall that last moment tied the whole match together because it was a moment of myself reaching for my best friend who I love outside of my wife and daughter more than anybody and his brother holding cash back because he loves his brother so much he wants to make sure that his brother gets the win. You know what I mean? And like <clears throat> talking to these people about that dude, th this past weekend. Uh, and then, uh, and then realizing that uh, it was the last thing Jay ever did, you know, really the last thing he ever did. Um, and then he, talking to Mark who said that Jay would have, he said, it's it, obviously it's terrible what happened, but the way he went out with this match uh, he wouldn't have wanted anything better than that. And uh, that to me means so much. Um, but if I never, ever, ever have another wrestling match, I'll be okay because I've got that to remember by.
All right. Well, there you go. I don't think I could have had a better, uh, more poignant finale to this. Uh, one of uh, really my one of my first interviews for the site, Dax. I want to thank you for that. Um, and right. I will see you here next Thursday, March thirtieth, in LA, FTR with Dax live at the WrestleCon Hotel. Uh, what do you want to tell everybody here? Where can they go buy tickets, support it, support you, all that wonderful stuff? Um, FTRwithdax.com is where you can find all the info. Uh, yeah, man, I just want everyone to come out and, and I want to give you your money's worth because I know money is, uh, you know, I, I've been to, I've been there when there is no money. I've been there when there's been negative money in my bank account. Uh, and I know how hard it is to give your money to, to something for entertainment. I promise you, whatever money you give to us, for your entertainment, uh, I'll make your day um, as good as I possibly can and make it an experience you won't forget. Uh, yeah, I just hope everyone that does come out uh, enjoys it. And the people that can't come out, just know that one day I look forward to hanging out with you two and uh, enjoying some time with you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.